Welcome back, my smart and capable quarantine companions. You're coming into part two of the episode on focus, and it's actually the last episode of the chapter on building your mental foundation, that foundation from which we all grow from, that foundation of resilience. So if you're coming into this chapter, or excuse me, into this episode, this segment of an episode, uh, for the first time onto this channel, I encourage you to go back, at least listen to the first half of this half of this episode for context, but I would highly encourage checking out all the rest of the episodes because they really bring everything into context because we kind of touch on a lot of concepts here that we did touch upon in previous segments. But without further ado, I'm going to jump into it and pick up right where we left off. Focus is actually a crucial part of developing that mental foundation because if we don't do things deliberately, if we don't change the way we think, so that we decide to take action with deliberation, with intention, then we're really not gonna grow in any other part of our life because it comes with the decision. The, the ability to change, the ability to grow comes with deciding to do so. And in being able to focus keeps us on track to that end. In wrapping up the first half of this episode, I ended by talking about the skill that can be practiced and built upon um, the skill being crucial to actually enable the learning of other skills. Any skill that once learned, you can build upon over and over to become more and more capable with everything you do. In this skill, I talked about it helping reduce stress, helping it improve sleep, helping it uh, reduce anxiety, helping it to stay in the moment, to be able to focus on a given task, to reduce distraction, all that kind of stuff. And this skill is called mindfulness. And I just want to caveat before I get into the actual specifics of how I understand mindfulness, how I understand the three different types of mindfulness that I am familiar, that there are, there are whole programs dedicated to this topic. People can go in-depth, you can keep reading about it for days. So if you want to expand and augment what I'm giving you, I'm only giving you a starting point. Um, but I do want to give you, a again, a place to start from, a place where you can actually leave today and say, you know what, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that today. I'm going to try this in my spare time. I'm going to try this um, when things get hard. And those are the three types of times that you exactly want to be using this. Regularly for any given task, deliberately when you have the time, and when things become stressful, when you're in the moment and you have to deal with a situation. So what are the steps to actually practicing mindfulness? Well, the first category of mindfulness I talked about was that daily or informal mindfulness. The mindfulness that you use to eliminate distraction and focus on a task at hand. You do this by recognizing distracting thoughts and pushing them away as they come to your mind. You create an environment that is distraction free and you enable yourself to be able to do this. Uh, we live in such a fast paced information and stimulant heavy culture that this is often hard to do because we, we constantly have notifications coming our way. We constantly have things uh, being thrown in our face, whether it's coming to us from you know, the news, our cell phones, uh, just you know, on Facebook in your news feed, in your, uh, what's it called? Scroll, your news feed. Constantly stuff being right in front of our face. We're trying to absorb stuff. We're always expected to do the next thing. And a lot of times we don't have time to actually, or we don't think we have time to actually sit down and appreciate the moment for what it is, appreciate the task that is at hand. And that's exactly what informal or daily mindfulness is for. So how do we separate this distraction from what we're trying to do? Well, one of the first things you can do is actually separate your work from your entertainment. So if you're trying to work on something, if you're trying to be productive in a task, 
separate your entertainment from that, or at least be deliberate with where you do those specific things, because you're going to automatically associate work with a given area. If you're working on uh, a laptop and you entertain yourself on a tablet, then try to separate those two things. It, now, the, the convenience we have with having cell phones, with having tablets that are all-in-one devices, it's excellent. It makes things so much faster when we need it. However, it lets us fall into the trap of often getting distracted while we're trying to do something else. We quickly check Facebook because we're trying to see an update from a group that we're in, and we start scrolling down the newsfeed, and fast forward a half hour later, we wonder where the time went. Or we hop onto a computer to check email, something that we have to do for our job, and then we open up a, open up a new tab, and it's, it's the news, uh, news page. You know, your front page is whatever, Bing. I, I don't what whatever it is these days. I was going to say Yahoo, but I don't know who uses that anymore. Anyways, bottom line, we're so intermixed with what we use for work and what we use for entertainment that the line is often blurred when we try to do one or the other. Um, alternatively, let's say you're deliberately trying to relax. You're trying to take time, take a breather, and you're getting pop-ups on your phone because it's your, it's your work phone, or you have your, your laptop right next to you, and there's a, a work chat going on and you're seeing all those distractions and you said, no, I'm gonna take this next half hour and I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to eat lunch. I'm going to enjoy my time, you know, decompress and actually enjoy it. And you're not enjoying it because you're thinking about work. Those notifications that are coming up are getting your brain going into that direction. You wanna have that distinct environment. You wanna have that distinct distraction-free environment for whatever you're trying to do, whether it's relaxing or it's productive. And arguably both of those things can be productive. Another thing you can do is just turn off notifications on your device when you're working. You can set up certain plugins for, for whatever your web browser is that'll eliminate distraction. You can put your computer into airplane mode if you, if you don't need to network, if you're just trying to work on it. Uh, one thing that I actually do, because I, just get, I get so distracted by just any kind of noise, and I don't know why I'm picking up up here because this is an audio feed, but anyways, one of the things that I do is I use <laughs> you know industrial hearing protect, protection when I try to work and I try to focus because it does help me focus. It keeps me from hearing that garbage truck down the road. It helps me keep me from uh, listening to every squeak from my kid's room when he's taking a nap, uh, case in point. But bottom line, it helps me focus on what I'm doing by shutting out distracting things. Honestly, it could be as easy as working in one corner of your house uh, for entertainment or you're on the couch. You only ever watch Netflix while you're sitting on the couch. And then when you're off the couch, you don't touch Netflix. Or even a better example is when you're in bed, you say, I do not look at my phone while I'm in bed. I can read, I can read a book, I can read off my, my tablet, or I can uh, read off my e-reader or whatever, but I do not touch my phone, I do not look at my phone in bed. And just set that precedent for yourself, then you won't get distracted from, heck, going to sleep. Being able to differentiate your environments for different tasks actually helps us be more productive when we're actually trying to do those specific tasks. And I'll, I, keep, I keep harping on that, so I'll let it go, but I do think it's important. Bottom line, using informal or daily mindfulness helps you, helps you enjoy those things in the moment or be more productive in the moment, whether it's enjoying a meal, just you know rediscovering the taste of your food while you're eating it, you're not looking at your phone while you're eating, brushing your teeth, not a interesting task by any means, but actually taking the time, you know, just sitting in your thoughts and brushing your teeth, simple as that. Checking your email, so doing it more efficiently, not getting distracted by every single email, not getting distracted by pop-ups on the side of your screen or in your phone, just 
looking through them saying, I'm giving myself 15 minutes and I'm going to do this right now. So juggling dryer balls, I talked about juggling before. You, know, you gotta work with what you got. I only had dryer balls, give me a break. Engaging with your kid. This is one that I actually need to work on more often is I get distracted while I'm trying to uh, play with him because it's not very stimulating for me. I, I, I feel like I can be more productive sometimes, but I need to be in the moment. I need to enjoy doing that so that it brings value and joy to him and ultimately increases our relationship down the road. Practicing informal mindfulness in these types of moments helps us focus on the things that we define as our goals later on. Because fact of the matter is that this is a skill. This is something that does take effort in order to accomplish. Being engaged in a task, not getting distracted, that does take effort. That does build resilience. That does build our ability to do it better and to actually build upon other skills as we go along. So the better we can do it in these small, easy tasks and enjoy them in the moment, the easier we can do things like formal mindfulness, which I'll get in here in a minute. The times where we need to be, we want to be or need to be more deliberate about being focused on the moment. When we choose to do those things that require more deliberate focus, it's easier to turn on that focus when we practice with those smaller things in life. Not only are we getting the benefit of enjoying those things, we're also building the ability to jump into focus a lot easier later on. So talking about focus um, gets us to the second bit of mindfulness, which is formal mindfulness. And formal mindfulness, like I talked about in the previous segment, is the, thing, is the one that's closest related to meditation, or a lot of people just, it's another word for meditation for a lot of people. Now, I'm not gonna pretend I'm an expert in meditation or anything like that. I'm actually not very well practiced in it. However, um, you can read for days on the benefits of meditation, on how to do meditation. There's thousands of hours of content, books, seminars, you know, once, once you dig into it, there's a lot you can do. So with that, I'll stay in my lane and not go into it too much. But all the same, it is important to recognize that formal mindfulness is not just turning off and neither is meditation. It's not just turning off, but rather it's recognizing our thoughts and not dwelling on them. It's an active process in being present in the moment, recognizing what's coming to us, and then not judging it, just listening to what's happening. In prayer, this is referred to as listening, not letting your mind wander, not dwelling on specific thoughts, not worrying about the past or worrying about the future, not dwelling on either of those, just sitting in the moment, recognizing what's coming to you, and then moving on. Taking the time to deliberately stop and to deliberately focus on the present. Now, both these, both formal mindfulness and informal mindfulness, enable us to jump into the next one, which is mindfulness in the moment. Both of those allow us to enter a state of mindfulness in those situations where we aren't expecting the stress or we, you know, we start to get anxious because of the future. We start to uh, become anxious with what's going on in our life. We're thrown into a stressful state or we're hit with a tragedy and we just, we just need to deal with it right now um, or even not deal with it. We just need to recognize where we are. We need to recognize what we're thinking and how to act, how to be responsive effectively and not shut down. That is mindfulness in the moment. So how do we actually do that? How do we use this application? What are the things we have to do? Well, you'll recognize as I go through, this is, is very similar to reframe in how I described it in a couple of the previous episodes. So you enter a stressful situation. You recognize the, the reactions. You recognize the physiological responses that you're having. You recognize that you're in a stressful situation. Cool, you've done that. At this point, you need to take three deep breaths, counting each one. One, two, 
three. And during this time and shortly thereafter, you observe your thoughts, you observe the feelings that you're experiencing. You don't make any judgments, you just observe. You identify them, you name them, you understand them, but you don't dwell on them. Once you feel more grounded, you ask yourself, what is important to me right now? Not what happened in the past, not what's going to happen in the future. What is important to me right now? This helps you recognize your goal in the moment, and that allows you to take that next step forward to that goal with purposeful action. So can you see how it, it's very interwoven or it can be very interwoven with reframe? Um, and I'll walk through it. I'll walk through that for an example. So mindfulness, you realize the stressful situation, you recognize it. Reframe, you look at the situation objectively. You understand what the situation is, not what, whether it's good or bad. You, you understand what your thoughts are behind it, but you understand what the situation is in and of itself. Mindfulness. You take three breaths, creating that break between your initial thoughts and your emotional response. Mindfulness. You recognize the associated thoughts without judgment. You understand them. You put words to them, but you don't act on those thoughts initially. Mindfulness. You recognize what is required and what you need to do next. Reframe. You add the necessary thoughts that allow you to take further action. Mindfulness. Take the next step, staying present and staying focused on the now. Staying focused on what you need to do right now and then acting accordingly. So can you see how those two tie together? I mean, I literally you know, tied them together, but uh, there you have it. <laughs> can you see how this would be useful in a traumatic situation? A time where often your emotions will get the better of you. A time where you'd be put on autopilot and you'd just be crushed by whatever's going on. Some people might ex be experiencing that right now with the economy, with um, their health situations, with their loved ones, and I'm not saying this will fix everything, but it'll at least allow you to think effectively. Think, what is the next thing? What is the thing that's within my control? What is the thing I can do next? This helps very much with that because the only things that we really can control in the moment are our thoughts and our breathing. And with those, we can control our emotional responses and our physiological responses to a degree. But don't get me wrong. Mindfulness in the moment doesn't just have to be for those traumatic, you know, heavily stressful situations. You can use it for any time that any, any variable level of your, that fear response that I talked about in a previous episode is present. Whether it's, uh, you know, preparing for a test and you say, you know, I, you know, I'm just stressing about this test. Well, what can you do right now? You can't control the future, whether you fail it or not, but you can control studying for it right now. You can't let the future stress you out when you can only control the present right now. Um, you can even say just getting out of bed in the morning. So there is a little bit of stress involved with getting out of bed. You wake up, you don't wanna get up, and you feel anxious or you, you feel the pull of comfort just to keeping you in bed. And you say, no, I'm gonna count to three and I'm going to get up. One, two, three, get up. It's time to get up. I need to get moving. You know, just focusing on what you need to do, not getting distracted. But that's where I usually find myself using it on a daily basis. Although mindfulness helps us focus on the here and now, and that is the point of mindfulness, to focus on the here and now, it actually enables the bigger picture. So don't think from all this that I'm only saying you only you can only think about right now. This is just a tool. This is a skill that you, use, you utilize when you need to. 
But focusing on the here and now isn't the only important thing. We do have to have that bigger picture, but mindfulness enables us or enables that bigger picture in the grand scheme of things. By focusing on what's important right now, it allows you to be focused on that next step. It allows you to take action that's going to enable that next step. Maybe it's in your goal, maybe it's in your growth. This an, And this actually encourages patience for that long-term outcome. You're not focused, you're not dwelling on that long-term outcome, you're not stressing about it. And so your mind is naturally saying, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with where I am right now, with what I can do right now, even though I recognize that grander thing that I want or that grander thing that I know I'm a part of. And not only that, but it actually helps your mind recognize that the actions you're taking right now are tied to that end result. And it gives you ownership and satisfaction in that end result. And because mindfulness encourages patience in that end result, in that grander outcome that we're hoping for, this also enables us to have trust. Trust in the bigger picture, trust in the purpose that we're trying to live our lives with, trust that that greater outcome will come to fruition. And maybe not specifically, but still positively. It strengthens our trust and thus it conquers our fear. It takes away a lot of those fears uh, of which I addressed back in the fear episode, but having trust eliminates our fears and allows us to take action. Using mindfulness not only helps you worry less about the future, but it also enables you to eliminate regret for the actions you're taking now when the future comes to pass because you knew in the moment what you needed to do if you used mindfulness at that point. You knew what you needed to do then. And even if that was the wrong decision in the future, it was the right decision now. Because the fact of the matter is that most of our regrets come from inaction. And those regrets that maybe, or those things that we aren't proud of that did come with deliberate action, because they were deliberate action and we didn't get the result we wanted or it ended in some kind of situation we weren't um, proud of, we learned from that a lot more. So we still don't have regret that the thing we did happened because we learned. So with that, just remember that you're always creating your past with each moment that you live. Remember to take meaningful action and to live with a sense of purpose. And that concludes the chapter on the mind, the whole segment up until this point. Uh, seg not segment, the whole channel up until this point. Uh, the next chapter of this channel will focus on spiritual growth and discovering that sense of purpose that I alluded to before. Thanks for joining me so far on this journey, and I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to see where it goes, and hopefully you feel the same way. If you enjoyed these ramblings and you want to come back, I'll talk to myself again for you next time. <laughs>